Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Get Real with Mama Moines. I am your host, Emily Moines, and I don't generally do more than one podcast per week, but I find myself completely consumed, probably obsessed with the Gabby Petito case. Um, while everyone seems to be concentrating on Brian Laundry, and the focus is on him and finding him, I am still completely, um, I think the word really is just mind boggled. Like it blows my mind that there's not more talk in this whole case about domestic abuse. Um, so I was watching the, um, the, the, the funeral or the, um, the memorial that the Petito family had done. And uh, first of all, I give them credit. They are so also incredibly composed. And I also give them credit for really you know, concentrating on others that are in need or could potentially be in need and more specifically missing persons. Um, they were saying that, you know, everyone deserves the same kind of attention that Gabby is getting. And they were really focused on <clears throat> specifically, and I think they've started a foundation, you know, missing people, missing children and just missing persons cases. And while all that is fantastic, um, I still have to go back to, but why are we in the position now of trying to find this missing person, Brian Laundry? How did we get here? And we got here because he is an abuser and at this point, a murderer. And why aren't we talking about that? Where are his friends? Where are Gabby's friends? Did Gabby's family have any inclination whatsoever that their daughter was possibly in a situation, in a relationship where she was being abused by Brian? Did they know that? Did they have an inclination? Did they suspect? Did they ever have a, hmm, that doesn't sound right moment? Or was it all totally kept in the dark? Because I just find or feel like no one's talking about that enough. I've been following the case. I'm obsessed with the case. I have a really, 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 really hard time watching the um body cam of the police officer. I've talked about it before. I've already done a podcast on this. It is really difficult for me to watch that. Um, there were so many times in that I had to just turn it off and sort of collect my thoughts because I was so angry. I was like, oh, how are you not seeing what's happening? And that's only because you guys, I've been through it twice. I've been through it twice. I've been arrested twice. I took the blame. I shouldn't even say I took the blame. You know what it was more than anything? I told the truth. 
I told the truth, just like Gabby did. And I'm going to title this episode, The Untold Story. Because what the untold story here is Brian's story. Where is his story? Because it's untold. Because truth be told, he has abused her before. He has hit her before. He has emotionally, verbally, and physically abused Gabby before. I can almost say that with 100% certainty. He has definitely hit her before. Listen, the 911 call that came in on August the 12th specifically said that the male was observed slapping and hitting the female. That was on August 12th. Slapping and hitting the female. How did that not get brought up when they pulled over Gabby and Brian? About an hour after that 911 call came in. How did that not get brought up? That's a question I have. It wasn't even addressed when they pulled them over. They never even questioned him that they had a witness um, come forth and say that he was observed hitting Gabby. They had the description of the van. They had the license plate of the van. It was, the, it, it, it was the van that they pulled over that a witness had called in. So Gabby admits to, I think she admits to hitting his arm um, because he hit the curb and they questioned her about that. And so she admits to being, sometimes being what she refers to as mean because she has OCD, which has since, since been debunked by her dad, by the way, she does not have OCD. So she admits to, you know, just sometimes getting, you know, she has OCD and she has anxiety and she's like taking the blame, taking the blame, taking the blame. He doesn't admit to any of it, nothing. (laughs) And in my particular case, I remember the same scenario. I admitted to, yes, of course I hit him. Yes, I did. And when he's saying, I didn't touch her, she's crazy. I didn't touch her. I didn't touch her. Who do you think they're going to believe? Yeah. And so she takes the blame. And so they go on what she says and what he says, and she's the aggressor and he's the victim. And he goes, gets whisked off to a, to a a hotel uh, free of charge because he's the victim. They fist pump him, shake his hand and off he goes. Let me repeat that. The police fist pump him, shake his hand and wish him well. (laughs) Now, let me just reiterate that this girl that admitted, that took the blame, that was scared, that was confused, that was petrified, she's now dead. And it was a homicide and he is missing. Okay, so just, just think about that. The police were laughing along with Brian. He's laughing. Meanwhile, she's in the car devastated, distraught, so distressed. And he's laughing. They're fist pumping. Like, what is wrong with that fucking picture? But nobody's really addressing this. I I, I feel like no one's really talking about this. Where are his friends? 
why isn't somebody coming forth and saying either, yes, he has, you know, he's a loose cannon or even coming along and saying, I'm shocked Brian's never displayed any sign of aggression or jealousy. There was one girl that came forth, Gabby's friend, one that said that she had seen signs of jealousy. And in fact, they were all going to go out one night and he took her ID so that she couldn't go out because he's so jealous and controlling. That's it. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. Please leave a comment in my Instagram or on my podcast. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I have not heard, apart from this one girl, Gabby's friend, that has come forth and said that she thought that they had a problematic relationship and that he had shown signs of extreme jealousy. That's it. Were there signs? Was he aggressive? Was he an abuser? Was he manipulative? Was he controlling? Did anybody see this? And then there's his parents. There's his parents. What are they thinking? What are they doing? What is going on? Why are they so uncooperative? I'm sorry, but listen to, listen. If I have Dog the Bounty Hunter knocking at my door and my son has been missing and I got Dog knocking at my door, you better believe your sweet ass. I am going to open that fucking door and get every ounce of help I can get from Dog offering to find my son. Why are they calling the police on him? That's what they did. They called 911. Yeah. Your son is missing. Do you not want him to help you to help find your son? All kinds of shadiness going on here. All kinds. So um Sorry, I know there's dead air right now. It just, it's hard for me to even collect my thoughts. Uh, for me, that is by far one of the most disturbing things of the entire case is watching the police um, uh, body cam. Uh, and, then I, and then I just saw, again, it's not, it's not included in the original 77 minutes, by the way. When they were pulled over, that was a 77 minute body cam footage. Um, and then there was additional footage where he's dropping him off at the hotel to go inside into the lobby. And again, it's, you know, happy chit chat and he's smiling, he's laughing and the police officer shakes his hand and poor Gabby is left distraught on the side of a road in her van that she admittedly has already said she doesn't even feel comfortable driving. That's right. It's her van. And Brian shows up back at his house on September the 1st, driving her van and her not in it and her not anywhere to be found. It's just unbelievable to me. So I think that Gabby in that situation had definitely experienced this before. And I think Gabby thought she could handle Brian in terms of, um, you know, if she takes the heat for it, if she takes the blame, then this whole situation will de-escalate and then they can just get on back on with resuming their normal life. I can relate to that. I remember that. I remember going through those exact same feelings, exactly the same. You just want to, you just want to go back to the way it was. Um, and the highs, by the way, and these types of relationships, the highs are really, really high. So the good times are really good. 
but then the lows are really, really low. And you have this roller coaster ride that goes on forever. It's the cycle of abuse. The highs are high, the good is good, the low is low. And I think Gabby was feeling like she just needed to get through this, take the heat, take the blame, and then they can get back to their high. Continue on their trip, continue on their journey, continue on their sightseeing, continue on their van life, right? Until there's another low and there's always another low. There always is. And these types of volatile, tumultuous, toxic, relationships, there is always a low followed by the high. And I'm not saying that she didn't love him. I'm not even actually going to say that he didn't love her, but it's a fucked up love. It's fucked up. And they're both have serious um, issues in terms of why she stays and what is she going through that she stays in that relationship and everyone asks, you know, why did you, you know, why did she stay? Why do you stay? Why does an abused person stay? No one's holding a gun to their head. But by that time that you, I think it just happens so slowly and you're sort of like, almost like brainwashed and it happens so slow that it's almost like you've, you've been, You've been, I don't even know how to explain it. You don't even really understand what's happening because by that time, it's almost like too late. You're so immersed in this dysfunction. You're so immersed in it. It's like the trauma bonding kind of thing. It's like the Stockholm syndrome. You're so immersed in it and it happens like gradual over time that really all you want is just for it to, when there's a fight, when there's an argument, when it escalates, you just will do anything to deescalate it. And that's why I think Gabby was taking the heat for it and taking the blame and, and trying to like, but you could see it in her body language. You could see it in her voice. You could see it in her eyes. I mean, she was sobbing. Doesn't matter what's coming out of her mouth because her reaction is completely different than what is she's verbalizing. And I think that's where the police need to be more cognizant of not so much paying attention to the words, but paying attention to the body language. And then he, of course, are you kidding me? When they, when they came to him and said that they knew that he was the victim in this case and that she was obviously the aggressor, his relief, his sigh of relief was palpable. I mean, you could see it. Whew, fuck, that was close. And he was off clicking his fucking heels. <laughs> he was. Just watch it. If you can stomach it, watch the video. It's disgusting and it's sickening. And he knew he just got away. Yet again, I'm going to say yet again, because I'm, I'm telling you, it's not the first time. If it comes out and the truth ever comes out, because this really is the untold story of what really was going on behind the Brian and Gabby relationship. It is an untold story. And if and when it comes out, mark my words, he has been abusing her, whether it's just mentally or emotionally. Um, 
You know, I don't know that it was always physical, but keep in mind people that when you're in a relationship like this, it oftentimes escalates. So it could start off with just verbal abuse and then it's emotional and then it's mental and then it's physical to the point where 100%, I believe that Gabby's homicide, because it's been ruled a homicide, was at the hands of Brian Laundry. 1,000%. So I guess I'm just discouraged by the fact that we're not talking enough about the actual, what was going on in that relationship. I mean, I mean, I know that now so much of the focus is finding him, finding him, finding him, bringing justice to Gabby, bring justice to Gabby. And I get it and I get it. And I want him to be found and I want justice for Gabby. But why are we in this predicament in the first place? Right? And so I will keep advocating for women. I'm a big believer of women supporting women. And I will keep advocating for women that are in this type of situation um, that feel helpless and hopeless and have no voice. And I get it. I get why she, I mean, if you look at their Instagram, um, it was it was their highlight reel for sure. So look at how happy they looked. So these were real to her. What the the life that they were living, that van life to her was real and it was good. And you're always always holding out for that hope of of a good tomorrow and a good tomorrow after that and another good tomorrow. And then in between all the good you come that comes the debilitating lows. And when that happens, you just want to hold out again for that hope of a better tomorrow, a better tomorrow, a better tomorrow. And it's a vicious cycle. And until you're in a position that you really understand and you really value and love yourself and understand that there is something innately wrong with you that you are allowing this other person to literally take your power away and to steal your happiness and to steal your joy until you get that, until you realize that you are worth more than that, that you are worthy, you will be stuck. And some of you will be stuck forever. And some of you will be stuck to the point where you could potentially be the next Gabby Petito. So I urge you I urge you to look at your relationship. And Gabby's dad said this, Joseph Petito, during the memorial, get out, get out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I know you probably have amazing, great times and it's scary as fuck, scary to get out it's not as scary as what could potentially become of you staying in. So I urge you, get out. There's women's shelters, confide in friends, confide in family. Your life is worth, your one life is worth having some joy and happiness. And, and I understand it's scary, trust me, I get it. I get it. 
it's scary as hell. I just hope you can come to a realization someday that it's not as scary as staying. That's all I have to say for today. This is just a bonus episode. I have podcasts that come out every Wednesday. This was just on my mind um, after having seen the memorial um, and just thinking, you know, why, why are we not talking more about why we're looking for Brian Landry in the first place? He's, he's a fugitive. He's on the run because he murdered Gabby Petito who was the victim, an innocent victim in domestic abuse. Join me next week for another episode of Get Real with Mama Minds. That's it for now. I hope everyone has a great evening and um, see you back here next Wednesday. Bye.